This is Wolves Weekly. With Mikey Burrows. Featuring the biggest names from past and present. All the teams, all the talking points. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows and welcome to another episode of Wolves Weekly. This week we'll hear from Lee Naylor on the summer so far... Irish Wolves chairman Tony Lawler on welcoming the pack to Dublin, plus Darren Ryan, our head of player development, on a unique pre-season involving the under-21s, under-18s and the under-16s, and his take on the TST 7-a-side tournament he was involved in for Wolves at the start of the summer. But we start with Luke Cundall, who's been talking to Wolves TV's Gemma Frith about pre-season under Julian Lopetegui and his life on loan last year at Swansea. Well, I thought the, th- the few days before we come to Portugal was even tougher. But, yeah, it's just been it's been good, a bit of sun. It's better than being in England, I suppose. Yeah, it's all good. Is this the first time that you've trained with Julian? Yeah, this is the first time I've worked with him and his staff. And How have you found it so far? What's he like to train with? Yeah, he's like an intense coach, I'd say. He's like involved in the sessions like you know walking around getting everyone going so it's always good to have someone like that with the players to push them on you know but of course we haven't really seen you in a year out on loan at Swansea how did you find your time there yeah it was obviously a good experience for me a different like environment changing room like different players you know you've you've got to kind of adapt to adapt to certain things but I thought it was good the manager was there was good with his staff as well so settled in quite quickly and I enjoyed my football. That's the first time you've been out on loan, been away from Wolves since you've been with us. Did you find that it was quite a different experience to what you've had at Wolves, you know, in the first team the year before and with the 21s before that? Like, was it quite a change for you? Well, in terms of on-the-pitch football-wise, yeah, because like, I didn't really play much first-team games there. So in terms of on-the-pitch, yeah, definitely it was a massive change. But off-the-pitch, you know, not so much. Just most change rooms are, like, they're all good and the good good to go into and stuff so yeah I found that quite similar to be honest Do you think that you've you've grown as a player in that time and you're coming back you know Im- improved even more from that experience yeah, I'd like to think so I thought maybe the last 10 to 15 games in, in the championship I thought uh, like I grew and I felt more comfortable out there so yeah I'd, I'd hopefully think I'm a bit better nowadays yeah well, three goals and four assists in that time as well. And one of those goals coming against West Brom. I mean, as someone that's been at Wolves since you were 12, was that quite a special moment? That must have meant something. Yeah, I had like a few, like obviously people messaging me before the game saying you got to score against West Brom and stuff. So obviously, yeah, that was great to score against them. And maybe I could have got a few more goals in, in my time over there. But obviously, that's something I'd be looking to work on in, in the future. How did you find Championship football differed from your experience of your run-outs in the Premier League? My first run-out in the Premier League, oh, I was, I wanted to come off after half an hour. I was that tired. <laughs> yeah, it's, obviously it's a, it's a different, it's a different game. I say it's more intense. The Premier League, it's the the balls, the ball speed's a lot quicker. But the Championship's tough in, in its different way. You know, you're playing like two, three games a week, constantly over and over again. So that's quite hard to adapt to. But yeah, no, I feel like they're the differences, really. Well, you're now back with Wolves here on this training camp. As you said, the hard work's been underway already. Have you enjoyed reuniting with some of your Wolves teammates? Because I know you're good friends with a lot of players on the team. Yeah, obviously, that, that that's one of the best bits about it, you know, not seeing the lads for over a year. So 
obviously it's good to come back and have, and have a laugh with them as, as well as getting on with the hard work. Well, with Championship experience and Premier League as well under your belt, what do you hope the future holds? Obviously just the best best for me really, whether that's you know here in the first team or whether that takes another loan, I don't really know yet, but something I'm looking forward to find out and just you know pushing on really as a, as a player. So the first team are now back from Portugal where they played a couple of behind-closed-door games. The main pre-season friendlies start next Tuesday night with a game against Porto back in Portugal. Former Wolves defender Lee Naylor will be part of the commentary team for that one on Wolves TV and he'll have a keen eye when Wolves come up against another of his former sides in Celtic in Dublin a couple of days later. I've been chatting to him about that but also his thoughts on the big news of the summer, Junal Lopetegui staying on as Wolves head coach. I'm sure that could have left quite easily and been okay with what he'd done, but he didn't. He wanted to stay. I thought he was massive for the club. Now, you know, it's head down and what can we do recruitment-wise? Like I'm sure as soon as he decided that he was staying, that his, his thoughts turned to recruitment. Because that's the thing, right? That this summer is actually one of the most fascinating for a long time. Because you, you know, you spoke to us a lot at the end of last season about the need to to be more frugal, to to change the way they operate in the transfer market, and that sounds smart to me. I've got to be honest, but it's also the first time that we'll go into a season without Ruben Neves, without João Martinho, with you know a couple of changes around. Other aspects. Connor Cody's now officially gone from the football yeah. club. That there is a, a real kind of sense of of sweeping change, right? And and we sit here at this point of preseason, not quite knowing exactly what Wolves are going to look like and and what they're going to play like come August. Yeah, I think the important part was right. Who's not going to be here? And then going right. Okay, well they need to go. Let's do that business quite early. Let's get the funds in for what we need be. And then start concentrating on who we need to bring in to replace or to make better, to make the squad better in order for us to go forward. Is it how smart or how impressed have you been by by what they've done? Obviously, Dion Sanderson, uh, one of the latest to kind of head out. They've kind of tried to make sure in, in certain cases, like the Nathan Collins deal, that that they will benefit longer term from some of these players moving on? Yeah, I mean, Dion Sanderson was, for me, he had a decent season at Blues, but he's never going to go and play in, the, in Wolves' first team, let's be honest. So showcasing him and then selling him, brilliant, happy days. It's just a good bit of business from the club. He's, he's, come, he's come through the ranks uh, and we've got money for him. And then, you know, the likes of Collins. I think the business has been very good. Now it turns to what's coming in because we've lost a huge presence in terms of Nevers. Now what we're going to do, have we got people in the door that can go and fill that void or are we buying in? That's the thing that we need to get sorted quite quickly now. How much do you look at the pre-season ahead and the games that we're going to be on? Um, you're going to be with us on Wolves TV for the Porto match. Um, yeah. We'll talk about Celtic in a second. How much do you do you attach to performances or team selections in these coming games? What what will we learn? Do you think? I think it, it, 
what normally happens is everyone gets the same minutes for the first few. Then you start you start breaking into the sixty to seventy five minute barrier. Then then he starts putting the team together where he sort of knows what's going to be his first eleven. Uh, coming towards the last one or two games of the season, then you then you should sort of know how you're going to set up. That's that's how it normally goes. So maybe we we can't expect too much or put too much on the Porto game, um, but Celtic oh. in front of what might be a big crowd in the Aviva kind of starts to look a bit different. Oh, there's, look, there's no doubt that's going to be a big crowd. That's that's going to be a big crowd. <laughs> Celtic in Dublin, come on. Yeah, I, I wouldn't read too much into it, but Wolves are still going to go out there and want to get results. These are good teams. I wanted to ask you about Celtic and what it's like Celtic pre-season because... From the outside, you look in, you kind of go, they get a huge following everywhere all the time. Is that fair? Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's why, I'll be honest, everyone just wants a slice of them pre-season because those that are not obviously in the Scottish League, they know what, they have, they know what they've got in terms of fan base. And so it's just like a, a merry-go-round. Who wants a slice of a Celtic pre-season? I remember one pre-season, I think we had 11 or 12 games pre-season. Oh, it's a season in itself, but that's what it is. When you're the best Scottish team and with a fan base, it's, it just makes it extra special. Does that make a difference? Because pre-season friendlies right, tend to be played at a certain pace and tempo. But when you've got the kind of crowd and support that there will be for that game, does that end up making it like more competitive? Not, not really. It depends what sort. Because normally, like Celtic are involved with European Championship, uh, like Champions League, uh, Europa League, in some years. So the start back is normally early for Celtic. So they're normally at it, like from the get go, before like they played Premiership teams, before they go away and play, you know, abroad. So their levels will be way higher than, you know, coming up against the. Uh, a Wolves say, even though automatically they're in the Champions League at the moment, so they want to be back as early as normal. But I guess they've got Brendan Rodgers back there, a bit of change. Uh, maybe they are probably going to be working on some stuff to to move away from the Ange Postacoglu era. They'll be under pressure, yeah, hundred percent. I I think he he'll know that pressure as well because Rangers are making a go of it this season. By the way, they're throwing some cash at it. Uh, as well as Celtic, but you know it to be interesting because Ange had a massive season last year, last season and just had a total sweep. After that, you've got to go and do it again. It's as simple as that. Like there's no other way of putting it. You have to go and repeat. But this is what like all contributes to me thinking that this could actually be a real interesting kind of telltale for for what Wolves are or what Wolves are going to be because it's a good team, because it's a, a manager who ne has maybe something to prove on his return to Celtic, because there's going to be a huge crowd. It's in Dublin as well, in, in a major stadium. There's an awful lot that goes into that melting pot. There'll be a pressure on Celtic, 100%, because where it is, the, obviously the Irish fans love it when Celtic come to town. 
so Celtic will want to put on a show. When you do go, I've played in Ireland for Celtic before, and it's it's one of them where you'd feel like you have to perform. But less pressure you feel for Wolves in this instance. Yeah, I do think so. Yeah, I'll be honest; it'll be a massive test for Wolves because Celtic, are, Celtic have got their way and they've got their players, and you know what I mean. They're just following on from last season. Yeah, the, the miss, the missing uh, Jota, but they've got some good players in the building. So we mentioned Wolves against Celtic in Dublin, a game that should have been taking place in South Korea. But it means an opportunity for Irish Wolves to get to see their old gold a little bit closer to home. I've been chatting to their chairman, Tony Lawler, who is looking forward to welcoming the pack to his hometown. It's great. and it kind of Last week, the week before last, the rumours were going around and everyone was kind of, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then... Announced last week, everything was helter skelter for a couple of days, and everything, everyone was running around looking for tickets and that. With the uh, friendly against Porto on the next Tuesday, I'd say things are really hot up again, and people like it's been quiet on the signings front, and you know you only have to look at social media and even our, our own group of lads, you know, and in, in our WhatsApp groups, and it's desperate for something to talk about wolves, you know, and just and all of a sudden we have this friendly now. It, it's great, it's great to see. It's actually. From being so used to Daily Mount Park and, you know, Tala and Bray, all of a sudden, like, it's like we're being let into the big sweet shop, you know? So, in the Aviva, it's great. I was going to say, uh, how big a deal is it in Ireland that, that this game is being played at the Aviva? From Wolves' point of view, and, and Wolves fans here, like, you know, we've never been, you know, it, it was only announced, I think, the week beforehand, United are playing Atletico Bilbao the week after we're playing, and... You know, it's kind of, you know, that's kind of, well, yeah, that that's that's what you'd expect to happen. But for Wolves to be playing uh, in the Aviva, like, it's just, I don't think a lot of uh, the Irish fans here can, can actually believe that, you know, we're travelling to the Aviva to see Wolves. And, uh, you know, it's huge. It's a, it's actually a busy weekend, probably the, the on, on, on the other side of it, because the All-Ireland final is on, on that Sunday. Saturday now has been filled. I think the pubs and everything in Dublin now are rubbing their hands together, you know. It's going to be, it'll be a massive weekend. And to have Saturday, where you'll have probably mainly Celtic fans and and two or three thousand Wolves fans around, because we have, I think we probably have up to 100 people at this stage. Like normally, I'd know who's buying tickets or who's going to games, but because it's Ticketmaster and it's a much bigger operation for this game, it's only from people contacting me, how do I get tickets and well, this, you know. So, yeah, I'd say we'll have, we'll have a, a decent slice of the crowd there from our club, you know. It's great. It's a bit surreal at the moment, actually, because you're kind of, you know, it's only big when you get to the middle of next week and you're starting to say, I'm actually going to watch Wolves in the Aviva on Saturday, you know, that it kind of starts sinking in. So, uh, yeah, it's great. I was going to say about um, being outnumbered. <laughs> Celtic, understandably, is quite a big deal in Ireland, right? It's always been that way. You see, like, I think you'd probably, in, in order, you'd probably say, Man United, Liverpool, Celtic, you know, and in and varying degrees to probably swap around depending on how things are going. But uh, yeah, you yeah, obviously a lot of Celtic tops around, and you know we always love it as Wolves supporters because nobody notices the Celtic top, everyone notices the Wolves top, you know. But uh, I mean, it'll be huge. They they'll have a huge um, crowd there, you know. So I mean, it's literally you know the stadium, three quarters of the stadium is nearly geared for Celtic, and then the the other quarter it's not even a quarter but uh you know that's where the wolves supporters are in the in the low 
the lower end of the stand that has no upper end. You know, it's great. And we, like the last time we played Celtic, actually, it was up in Celtic Park. It was a great occasion, you know, to watch their home supporters and that. So, you know, it, it's it's always, it's it's good. Like, there'll be a lot of Irish. As I said, practically all the Wolves supporters will be coming over from Wolverhampton and the, and the area. And uh, like mo- probably most of the Celtic supporters will be here, you know, in Dublin was, and around, you know. I was going to say, how weird is that for for you guys in Irish Wolves that, for once you're hosting and there'll be a load of fans coming over to you rather than you having to go and join them the other way. Yeah. As I say, like in previous years for, you know, in, in under and Saul back in the time and, and Mick McCarthy and even Kenny Jacket, like it was a cozy little, like we had our, we had our numbers and there'd probably be a few hundred over and it was real, it was very manageable and we know a lot of the lads that come over and then, whereas, you know, now it's, it's like an away game at home. <laughs> like I mean, there'd be two or three thousand Wolves fans in the state in in a huge stadium. Really looking forward to you know. I mean, it it's it doesn't happen too often. It's hard to kind of get your head around it, you know. Do you think there's a a chance that it might raise your numbers? That it might raise a bit of interest, extra interest in yeah, Wolves actually, from, from people in Ireland. I actually had a look for some reason the other day. I just had a quick. I think just. Came into my head. I had a look on the, on the website and the stats of our website. Now we normally we'd have a few, probably half a dozen hits a day. And I looked at in the space of two or three days last week, we had a, over a hundred hits on the site. You know, and um, going around with the wolves top and pe- people people noticed that anyway. Where I got a lot, I got a few few people actually joined up in the last week as well. But even like, because the website, my name numbers on the homepage, people will ring me and I get a lot of calls. In the last week or so, people ring it. How do we get tickets? No, don't necessarily have to be a member. You just a wolf supporter here is a wolf supporter as far as we're concerned. We're all together, you know. So we just, you know, steer them how to get tickets. Steer them, you know, what's the best way where we might be meeting, and you know, send them a send them a message or whatever during the week and let them know when we when we framed up details of, of where we're going to set up camp. And uh, yeah, but I, I I think and I've always said and most of our lads say it like. We're like a family, you know, and you know you get you get an extra ten members in is a huge number for our club. The bigger club is kind of it's more at a distance, you know. Like we'd meet guys when we're going the other way over to matches. Like we'd meet Liverpool supporters that no, don't know the other lads on the plane, you know. There'd be there could be fifty Liverpool supporters on a plane, and there might be groups of two and three that know each other and they don't associate with the others, you know. I mean, if you see if we see the colours anywhere in the airport, or you know. We're all, you know, we're always up and chatting, and I did feel much more of a family feel to support moves, you know. Just kind of finally before I let you go, um, you know, when you obviously put as much effort and finances in as as you guys do to following the team, um, must have been difficult at times last year. Difficult for anybody to kind of keep going with it. How do you maintain, uh, I guess, a, a sense of optimism? For for what might still be ahead, yeah, um, yeah. Luckily, I'm here in the room with me on. By the way, when you mention finances, I can't talk about finances just in case the other half's around. You know, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I probably shocked myself if I looked at to see how much we spent traveling over and back. But no, we're we're always like probably our biggest worry in the last year, and that has been train strikes and playing delays and that sort of stuff. You know, but like in terms of wolves, like we, and and it's probably. A lot of lads living close to Molyneux, you know, to leave the house at a time, go to the game, maybe have a point beforehand, go to the game, 
go home afterwards. But us, like we're we're on the go from four in the morning, and we meet up in the airport, and we have a great. So it's it's like you know, it's like meeting family every you know once a week, you know, and you go over the game. I mean, as a group, we're probably traveling over fifteen years, nearly twenty years now. Uh, a small group, big group, and you know, even in League One, the optimism is always there because and and it's just traveling over and get a defeat you're on the way home and you go oh, you know and it heads down and then somebody texts you and says are you going to the next when are you going oh yeah I'm over next week oh yeah this, yeah, and, this, and all of a sudden you know once the tickets go on sale now next week for United and that, it's just back off into space again you know it's great it, as I say it's a day out it's, you know it's great great if you get the result long enough support moves to know that the result isn't going to be there every week for you you know a bit of stability is what I kind of I'd like to see now this season you know like last season was very topsy turvy. Things have been kind of slipping a little bit, probably in the last couple of years. So we're all hoping. As I say after a bit of a break for the summer, you know, we're hoping now that things will be good in the new season. You know, and I say uh, I really hope you enjoy it because it's not often, I guess, that you get to have Wolves playing on your doorstep. To have a big bank of gold in that famous stadium would be really nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it'd be not. It'd be. It, it, really looking forward to it. As I say, we're we're meeting up with the lads beforehand, and we have um, Bully coming over to give a chat before the game. To to we'll we'll have a gathering of we'll, we're we're working on it at the moment of where we'll actually meet up, and uh, we're we're almost there. We've been making a lot of calls today and the, uh, the last week, so uh, we're nearly we're nearly finalised what we're what we're doing. So um, it'll be a great day, and I mean you know a lot of. A lot of our we, we had bully over four years ago just before COVID and uh, we had a great we put ninety hundred people in in Dublin to listen to him and uh, he never fails to impress you know he's he's a great guy so uh, that'll be a nice little pity it's pity at two, two o'clock kickoff is probably the down the downside for our point of view because you know you'd like to have a long run in the morning into a maybe a four or five o'clock kickoff you know kind of everything you can have more celebration after Tony that'd be fine yeah yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Well, after after the, the traumas of getting everything done and ready in the morning, leading up to the game, we'll be more more than happy to have a couple of points afterwards and celebrating the win. Hopefully, elsewhere within the club, away from the men's first team, Wolves women's fixtures for the new campaign have been released. They'll kick off away at Derby County on Sunday, the twentieth of August couple of fixtures to look out for. They'll go away to Burnley, long-time rivals, on Sunday the 3rd of September. And their first Black Country derby is away at West Bromwich Albion on Sunday the 22nd of October. That game follows a first meeting against big spending Newcastle United at home a week before on Sunday the 15th. It's a bit of a pre-season of a difference for the academy sides. The under-21s, the under-18s and the under-16s have all gone on a joint trip to Bratislava. Head of player development Darren Ryan is with them and he's been telling me just what the trip has been like. You know, when we looked at it going forward from last year, obviously the, the 16s were in Germany, the 18s were in Switzerland and the 21s were in America. Listen, we go on tournaments, we go on pre-season trips and we review them and just thought, you know, a few of the 18s were in Switzerland, they had to fly straight to America. And we just, you know, it was hard on the players. It was hard for them then to get, obviously, the minutes that they need in pre-season. 
So, you know, when we reviewed it and we spoke with the coaches and, and the senior staff and, and, and like you said, you know, all the MDT staff, we just thought it would be a better option if we could find a place that could house, you know, the 16s, the 18s and the 21s. It would be, you know, a massive, like say, impact into their, you know, into the younger players' development as well. Having that opportunity, not just, you know, going up and playing with them, but being around older, you know, older players, how they behave, you know, we're, we're massive on the values and behaviours at the football club to see, you know, what they're expected to, you know, where they're wanting to go, Mikey, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, when we put it and when we discussed it, we just thought it'd be an absolute, you know, fantastic opportunity and, you know, hats off to Luke Joyce for finding this, you know, amazing complex where we are. Yeah, for those who don't know, uh, Luke takes care of a lot of the admin stuff that that goes on with the <laughs> academy. Um, I mean, logistically, it is a remarkable feat, not least because you've got guys who are, who are scholars who are 16 and maybe some slightly younger and all the way up to, what, 21, 22. And in footballing terms, that's a bigger gap than it might appear in just general ages. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you've got lads that are just obviously starting their scholarships uh, and it's been great for them. Uh, you know, we've got three that have gone straight to train with the 21s, which is you know, it's fantastic. Do you know what I mean? It's been brilliant that we could, you know, obviously the first team have taken seven of the 21s and obviously that impacts on the 18s. But, you know, for these first year scholars that have just finished their GCSEs probably about two weeks ago, Mikey, then they're coming on this unbelievable trip in, in, in Slovakia and then on top of that, they're going into the 21s training programme over here and playing in the games with them as well. So it's really good. And that that then filters down to like, you know, we've taken seven seven fifteens out here. They've had the opportunity to come and, and be around the 16s. And some of the 16s have gone up to the 18s. And I think the transition has been really good and, and how the coaches have obviously communicated and discussed it on a on a day-to-day basis, who was going to go up and train and, and go through the squads and what the, you know, we're, we're massively on the what the individual needs. It's it's all right saying, well, he deserves up, but it, it might not be right for his development to go up. You know, he might need, physically, he might need to stay in his own age group. And I think being in one place, it's been really, you know, beneficial to sit down in the evenings and go, right, no, he needs to probably stay with that group. Yeah, he's going up, but he showed the values, showed the behaviours and he's doing well. But then you've got to look sometimes at, Physically, is he ready to go up? And I think, you know, getting the coaches and the, and the staff all discussing that the night before training uh, has been a massive benefit. Because that's why I say it, it's fascinating to me in terms of you've got 15 and 16-year-olds who are, let's face it, delighted to be there. <laughs> and then probably a couple of 21-year-olds, maybe slightly older, who are a bit frustrated that they're not part of the seven that have gone with the first team. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like you said, you, you've got, you know, you've got to do, you know, are they frustrated? You know, they want to be, that's where they want to be. That's their aim to be around, the, you know, be around the first team. But, you know, the attitude in the, of the players out here has been excellent, do you know what I mean? And they've got, like you say, they've been, you know, they've done everything properly. They've got to show James and, and senior staff that are out here that they, you know, maybe if the opportunity was to come with the first team, they, you know, they have done it in their own age group. We always say that it's, it's you've got, you've got to do it. You've got to perform on a consistent basis. Then, 
you know, if you do that, you come away, you get the opportunity to go up to the first team. And like you say, it's, you know, every group has, you know, they've been, it's been hard because the temperatures have been really high out here. You know, the game on Saturday, I've never, to be fair, I do like the sun, but it was, it was really hot Saturday. And for the lads to get through that, you know, they've been really, you know, they've been fantastic. Uh, and they really, committed to everything that's you know we've done on this trip not just the football side you know we've just got back from brass visiting Bratislava city 16s and 18s you know we have you know there has been edu- educational culture activities for the you know for the players to do whilst being out here you know a trip to vienna we all you know we all went to which is unbelievable and that's part of their development as well i, I noticed you list off all the cultural things you did and you didn't mention the white water rafting that i know you've been all getting up to yeah, that was the tw- the 21s went to that. To be fair, I didn't go on that, but I seen some of the pictures the media guys had taken and videoed. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad I didn't go to that one. To be fair, I say I stayed safe and I went the 16s and 18s to to the go karting, but that that was nearly a disaster as well. There was some there were some bad drivers on that go karting <laughs> circuit. I think. Yeah, I mean, some of them legally aren't allowed to drive on the road, no. so no wonder. Oh yeah, but it was it's been good for them and. You know, you know the place where we're staying. There's so much activities to do here. You know, you got you got the gym, you got the swimming pool, you got the slides. Um, like I say, there's good. You know, there's pool from. There's a you know the the groups have been to see Mission Impossible here. There's a cinema here. There's a bowling alley. So there's there's, there's just so much to do here. And like I say, I said it before. Hats off to to Luke Joyce for obviously you know getting us into this place uh, because it's like I say, everything is here. It's an unbelievable place. It's been a very interesting summer for you and for Luke, actually, because I know he was involved. In fact, you started the summer in the US uh, <laughs> as part of the the TST uh, yeah. Sevens Legends Tournament. Um, didn't quite go as you expected? It was a, a very sharp wake-up call after the first day, Mikey. <laughs> um, it, listen, uh, the players that went on there, you know, Bakary, Steers, Adeline, Prince, and Huntsy, they were, you know, they, they were unbelievable. I, I can't praise them enough how they were on the pitch and off the pitch. And like you said, they were, you know, and, and in, like I say, we had the five Golden Chance boys, we had Jack Ogner and 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 Mitch as well, but they were, like you say, they were unbelievable. And I was like, I felt pretty, and I did say to them, you know, I felt privileged to take, you know, to manage them and to be part of that team. But no, um, but after the first game, when, when we got there, it was it, it was I think it was a wake up call to us, West Ham and Borussia Dortmund, because I think we were all thinking, oh, we can put a team together, we can just turn up, rock up. Well, we had two training sessions, and then just go and think, well, we've got good players, we can you know we can just uh, beat these teams. But you know when we when we got over there and when we spoke to obviously teams that have obviously put teams together in January and have been practicing this tournament six months and have put the best 77 indoor players together in all areas of America. And when we were hearing that, I was thinking, hang on a minute, I think we're going into the unknown here. Listen, it was a great learning experience, you know, meeting, like you say, it was a shame probably, you know, we missed out on one goal. We, If I look back on it, we probably should have won the second game against Stephen Island, Stephen, if I'm being honest. I've got to talk about the injuries. The injuries kicked in, to be fair, in the first training session, Mikey. You know, we had a bad one to Darius Vassell, which yeah, you know, was you know, was a was a massive shame. And then obviously Adeline's hamstring went in the second game, Hunty's hamstring went in the third game. There was 
it was like a domino's effect then they're all just dropping like flies but it would like I say it was a it was a great experience and a fantastic tournament and but like I say you know we've reviewed it we know we can't just turn up there you know and, and, and after one training session or two you've got a plan for four or five months and put a team together and, and play and go and play fixtures exactly you know we we were talking to West Ham we're staying in our uh, hotel and they said the same but what the experience we had there and and, and was fantastic. When you're looking at the teams that get to the final, they're on an, you know they're on another level. They were just they had an in possession team, then an out of possession team. It was it was just like you say. We we, we will be better prepared next year, Mikey. Definitely. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm amazed that it took three games for Stephen Hunt's hamstrings to to finally <laughs> finally give up the ghost. Um, the one element of it, though, that probably didn't get as much credit as it needed to was the golden yeah. chance part of it. And the fact that there were, what was it, five, five youngsters yeah. from America that earned the right to be part of that Wolves squad. Yeah, it was, like I say, it was, a, it was a great opportunity. Obviously, I was involved with Joe Hunt and Russell um, last year when we obviously picked Gabrielle and, and Philly to come and join the under-21s training camp. Um, and... It was it was great. They trained, but they weren't able to play in the game. So we obviously looked at that, and Joe made a decision to bring them back to, so that they could have some, you know, they could play in the seventy seven tournament. And then Joe and his staff went back out to to Phoenix and picked um, another two players to come and join us, which was great. And then I had the opportunity, which was you know, to go out with Joe to Chicago uh, and pick another player to come out there, and I. Oh, they were. It, it was great. It was like I say. They got they got game time as well. I think they, you know, the the players, our players, were you know involved them in everything. It was it, it was it was really, you know, John, one director, John Bowler, come over. It was you know we really really connected as a as a squad as well. And the lads that you know really you know brought them into the group as well. Um, but I think like I say, speaking to them after they you know it was it was a great opportunity for them. And you know when you when you go out there and the Premier League is everything, isn't it? Germany, I mean, they they want to you know they want to represent a Premier League club and to get that opportunity, like I say, I know we're going to take it on as well. Is 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 fantastic from the football club. Yeah, because part part of the reason I bring it up is that you know look, uh, that kind of thing it may well unearth uh, a, a talent that hasn't been spotted elsewhere but it's also about building the brand right and and exposure and in terms of what you guys are doing in the academy and development football you look at this summer and a former player of ours now in Morgan Gibbs White being a yeah. big part of England's under 21 team winning the European Championships now okay he's not a Wolves player anymore but I know yeah. you had a big part in his development through the years especially when he was there with England under 17s having world success to to be able to point to him and certain show that that's someone that Wolves have produced it is a big kind of thing for, for what you guys are trying to achieve yeah definitely you know I I obviously follow Morgan's you know I, I was with Morgan from under 12s all the you know really all the way up and I follow his his career I, I'm still close with him I still speak to him I always go back you know when I'm having meetings with players and parents I always you refer back to your your Morgans your Gilos your Dion's who are in that do you know what I mean that group and you know when certain players have like injuries and sometimes I do get them to speak to the lads you're you know and they're very good at that an academy journey is never you know straight up Mikey it's not you're not going to go and keep going and keep going it's going to be a 
and it's a bumpy road, do you know what I mean? And when them bumps in the road come for these, you know, young players, it's it's good that we've got experience. You know, I can go and the academy can go to to players that have been through the experiences and talk to them about it. But like I said, the academy is in a really good place. We, you know, we're, if I look, you know, if I look at the groups, there's some really good players now, you know, that are coming through. I'm always looking at players coming up the traits, do you know what I mean? The traits of the ones that are, like I say, are, are doing well. You know, your Hugo's now who, you know, I could speak about Hugo. Hugo, you know, coming from grassroots Spanish football. I was, you remember the 18s coach, me and Steve were, but he would he would then go in the arena. So you had to drag him out the arena, Mikey, because he, he, he'd do training and we, we would still be there. And I'd be having a phone call. You know, the, the young ones are starting to train now. You go and Theo are in the in the dome practicing and they'd be there six or seven o'clock. You have to literally physically go and get them out. And you see, and, and that's, that was the same with Morgan, Gyro, Dion was the same. Do you know what I mean? You see similar traits to these players that, are, are, you know, are coming through now. Same with, De- you know, Dexter, the young ones that are coming through. And that's, that's not just us pushing them, that's taking their own development into their own hands as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wolves Weekly. Don't forget the very latest from the club. It's available at wolves.co.uk and as ever across our social media channels. <laughs>